Welcome to What the Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Jonathan Bedner. Welcome to What the Wealth, episode 14. I'm your host, Jonathan Bedner, a certified financial planner and co-owner of Paradigm Wealth Partners in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today, we're going to talk about knowing your numbers and the importance of evaluating your numbers and making sure you really dive in and, and keep track of those. First, I want to make a quick housekeeping note. I missed the July, the second July episode. I apologize about that. My wife and I were pregnant, and our son, Jack, came a little bit earlier than anticipated, and it kind of threw off my whole recording time frame. So we gave, my wife gave birth to Jonathan Philip Bedner III. We call him Jack. He's healthy, happy. Mom is healthy and happy. Everyone is doing well. We're just trying to now get used to no sleep again. On to this episode. Again, this is episode 14. We're going to talk about knowing your numbers. I think one of the most important takeaways I have in this podcast is what gets measured gets managed. What gets measured gets managed. And it's important to track your life. And, and as you track, just as a batter will track in baseball, they'll track their swings and their, their hits. And it's called a batting average to let them know that the times they come up to the plate to bat, Every time they get a hit, we'll, we'll give them their batting average. And they track that, or teams track that, to know who their best hitters are. And then their best hitters are put into key lineups or batting order for management while they're on offense. The same thing can be applied to finances. We want to make sure that we measure some of the important features and numbers in our, in our financial plan so that we can better manage those. There are seven personal financial numbers that I think are critical to your financial health. And they'll show you where you are and how far you have to go in order to meet your financial goals. So the first thing you're gonna to wanna to do is you're gonna to wanna to know your budget numbers. You're gonna to wanna to know your income, your monthly expenses, and any recurring large expenses you, that you may have. This will be property taxes, this may be car payments, this may be quarterly quarterly IRS tax payments, potentially if you're self-employed, maybe if you have large deductible health insurance bills that you have to pay once a year. But any large Christmas budget is another one. We know about it every year. It happens the exact same time, but it's something that a lot of people maybe not necessarily plan for throughout the year. So, you want to know your net income, what you actually take home, what comes into your bank account every month or every two weeks, what your monthly expenses are. That'll give you what's left over for you to save, invest, spend, what have you. And then you want to make sure that you really review your, your large recurring annual expenses. So those are your budget numbers. You want to know, make sure you know your debt. This is total debt. So add your mortgage, your automobile loans, if you have a CDU loan, student loans, whatever your loans are, you want to know the total for all your debt, but you're also going to know your debt by category. So real estate debt, your, your mortgage, your automobile 
car loans, your credit cards, your student loans. So I look at this in totality as one number, but then also know that I've categorically debt that may be in certain categories. So you want to know both of those. You want to know the balance on each one of those debts individually. So someone may have four student loans and five credit cards. You want to know the balance on each student loan and each credit card. And you also want to know the interest rate on each student loan and each credit card because they can all vary. So you want to really want to go through and itemize and analyze your debt as a whole and aggregate. From there, you want to break down categorically, you know, mortgage, credit cards, student loans, automobiles, whatever the, whatever the loans are. And then from there, you want to even break down your categories into smaller bite-sized pieces. I have student loan one, two, three, and four, and student loan has a 6.7% interest rate. Student loan two has a 4.3% interest rate. Student loan four has a 5.6% interest rate. And student loan four has a 3% interest rate. And the balance on each one of those that corresponds with that interest rate. This will really kind of help you track and, and streamline really where you are on your debt. The next thing is you want to know your debt to income ratio. So this will be dividing your total amount of your monthly debt payments by your gross monthly income. So if you add up all your payments, your your credit card payment, your student loan payment, your, your car payments, you add all those payments up on a monthly basis. And if it's $2,000, and your gross monthly income is $10,000, then you divide the $2,000 by the $10,000, and that would give you a 20% debt-to-income ratio, meaning it takes 20% of your income just to service the debt that you have. So what we're really aiming for is that your debt-to-income ratio needs to be lower than 43%, including maybe future mortgage payment in order to get qualified for a mortgage, and ideally if you're under 36. So the higher that your debt-to-income is, you're getting adverse impact on your financials. So your interest rates will be higher for cars, credit cards, student loans, mortgages, because the more debt you have, the more you're at risk for potential default. And so what what creditors will do or the, or the lenders will do is they may still loan you money, but it'll be at a you know, much higher rate. So you want to be able to track your debt to income ratio and you want to try to keep that as low as possible. And that will specifically on a mortgage, try to keep your interest rate low. Next, you're going to want to look at your credit score. Credit Karma is a good place to do this. You you can look at your credit score and you can also look and see and make sure that your credit, the the items on your credit report are accurate. I have seen from time to time, it's not it's not a lot, but from time to time where there is maybe an old inquiry that or credit card that maybe has been closed, but the line on your credit report is still open. You want to make sure you get those off. You want to make sure that they are reflecting accurately and and that they're not saying you're past due and you're current. You just want to make sure that the lenders that are reporting to your credit bureau that, that will impact your credit score 
are accurate and that it's up to date. And secondly, you want to make sure that someone else's credit isn't getting accidentally reported onto yours. And so you can go to the three major credit bureaus and you're entitled to one free credit report a year from each one of those. That's a, a legal requirement. And then Credit Karma is an easy way to, to gather and track your credit information. So that's a, that's a great resource too. Net worth. This is a good indication of your overall financial health. And as you get older and start nearing retirement, it becomes much more important. But your net worth is going to be your assets minus your liabilities, and that equals your net worth. So if you own a house and cars and rental properties and investment accounts and bank accounts, you add up all your assets let's just pretend that that totals a million dollars. You also add up all of your debt. So let's say credit cards and student loans and mortgage and automobiles. And, you know, that totals $350,000. Then to get your net worth, we're going to subtract the $350,000 from the $1 million assets. That will leave you $650,000. And that would be your net worth. So as we, as we go through working years and the closer we get to retirement, we want to see our net worth grow. Ideally, by the time we reach retirement, we want to see zero debt. That doesn't always happen. It's not always the case, but it's certainly nice to have zero debt and be debt-free. And if that's not the case, have as little debt as possible because it can really weigh you down when you're not working anymore, you're retired and you've got this debt that's hanging over your head, sitting on your shoulders, and it can wear on you emotionally. So, you know, as we're tracking every year, you want to track this net worth to make sure that you're still taking the proper actions to reach your goals, these micro actions, and and reviewing your, your numbers every year is one of those micro actions to sit back and say, okay, we're at $650,000 net worth here. And, you know, this is obviously just an example. And we want to see next year that we, we get to 750. What do we need to do to get from 650 today to 750,000 in net worth next year? And so just a quick add up of, of assets and a quick adding up of liabilities, subtract the liabilities from the assets that gives you your net worth. And that gives you an idea of, of super high level, your, your financial health. Years to retirement. This is kind of simple. It just lets you know how many years you have left to save for your retirement. Do you need to play catch up or are you on track? So if you're 35 years old and you're going to work another 30 years, you got a lot of time left. But as time passes and, and then you got 20 years left and then you got 10 and then you got five you really want to track and see, do you have enough assets to support yourself in, in retirement? And do you have enough retirement income to live a comfortable lifestyle? And so as long as you're tracking your years to retirement, and there's a million different, I've seen people that they go work optional, they, they have many retirements, well, they'll, they'll work 10 years, they'll retire for two, they'll work another 10 years, they'll retire for two. And retirement today is starting to look much different than what a lot of people envision. A lot of people envision just retiring at 65. And I think that's still probably 62 or 65 is still probably 
the societal norm when we think of retirement. But if you have the assets and the net worth and low debt, and you've got a lot of this freedom, retirement can, can really be anything you want it to be. And so, you know, tracking these years to retirement will allow you to make sure that you have the assets, the net worth, the low debt, the income plan in place, you know, to meet your retirement needs. And if, and if you're not on track, it'll let you know, okay, we got five years left or we got 10 years left. And here's what we got to do in that 10 year period to make sure that we can live a comfortable retirement. And then the last thing is your retirement number. It's impossible to create a plan without a goal. And that goal is your retirement number, how much you need to retire. I often say to people that if if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And I may have said this on the past podcast. I really believe that. You know, if you don't have any direction at all on what your future looks like, then you know, I guess any road will get you there. That, that may not be comfortable retirement. It may not be a happy or a successful retirement. But if, you know, we're in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I need to get to Little Rock, Arkansas, I know that when I look at a map, I need to get on I-40 and start driving west towards Little Rock. If I'm in Knoxville and I don't know where I'm going, then I can just drive wherever I want and I will get somewhere. It just may not be the place that I ultimately want to be. And so having a plan will help us make sure that we've got that roadmap needed to get us from point A to point B. And what I do is I build out a one-page financial plan that really helps people visualize where we are today, what micro actions we need to take to be on track to reach our goals so that when retirement gets here, we have built in place a strategy so that we have a comfortable retirement that we have strategically and purposely planned for. So that's it for today's episode. We're a little bit shorter today. This is, again, episode 14 of What the Wealth, talking about knowing your numbers and the importance of that and making sure that you you step back from a really high level and just look at, here's where we are, here's the progress we made, what do we need to keep doing? You can visit our website at www.paradigmwealthpartners. You can email me at jonathan at paradigmwp.com. That's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M-W-P.com. As always, I hope you create the life you love. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on What the Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love. and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Paradigm Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice we suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor.